0: Mosha shatta yandra mosoko yandra mosha shatta ya sata mosoku andriya mosha shiki yandra mosha deya mosha shatta yandra mosha. I received a phone call yesterday, and I was like, "This person will never call me, so I don't know what they're going to say." And I said, "Um." Is everything okay? I sent the text. (laughs) And I said to myself, I'm not going to do that no more. Don't do that again. Don't do that again. (laughs) Don't do that again. You know, we're just learning the do's and the don'ts. And I mean, things that we gotten so used to doing that it was okay. But the more we see clearly, the more we hear clearly, the more we perceive clearly like God. The old chapter is actually closed, and we are on a new chapter. We are actually walking as a new chapter. And out with the old, regarding the old chapter, see, out with the old doesn't mean bad because the old man has passed away, so it means that okay, it's getting greater than what it was before. We're coming up higher than we ever have been before. So we're thinking higher than we ever have before. So anything that is lower than where we are is in the old chapter, once and for all. And I said, okay, there are some things that God is going to say to you and say to me what we need to do and what we need not to do. That's simple making some greater changes, being more structured, being more in order, and allowing things to flow more smoothly. God is connecting us with people that benefits us. So whatever it is that you need to become quickened and sharpened and things you need to work on, God's going to position someone before you to be a help unto you. So don't deny your help. Don't deny your blessings. Don't deny your breakthrough. Don't deny the helping hand that God is sending to you. If you're a person that's always running late and you really be trying to be on time, God going to connect you or connect me with someone who's always on time. If you're a person that don't have your priorities in order, God's going to send someone to you or send you to someone or people who have their priorities in order. And God is going to use them to prioritize your life so it can flow in decency and in order. God is using people, places and things regarding himself to remove every burden and destroy every yoke. That we have upon our lives. Not just our backs. They are also on our minds. Our hearts. Our finances. Our health. Our words. Things that are attached to us. That God wants to. Allow the flow. To cause those things to continue to prosper. In all that we do. If you're a person, I'm a person that's cluttery, God's going to connect you with people or a person that is clean. See, we're not going to be a people or person to deny the help of the Lord and then declare and proclaim our help comes from him. See, God is sending people that is more sharper than you to sharpen you so you can sharpen someone else who's under you. See, when we think we know it all, that's us cutting ourselves from a supply, a constant of supply. Every leader has a leader. Every teacher has a teacher. Every speaker has a speaker. Every pastor has a pastor. Every person has someone who's over them. And whenever we take ourselves from under we're cutting ourselves from the flow. So we can't think we know it all, we have it all, we heard it all, and seen it all. Because God is the God of us all. If you're a person that's religious, that knows a lot but don't really apply and need to work on some things, you're gonna see just someone who's aware of their righteousness. Because with your theology and their demonstration, it's going to cause a major, massive, powerful explosion. So allow the Lord to do what he do. Someone called me about miracles because I prophesied to that person on Saturday. And they called me yesterday and said the miracles are still flowing. I'm not just getting a pay increase. They are giving me half of my check with my pay, every pay as an increase. Plus 25% more. Don't play with the prophecies from God. This person says, I didn't know any other time. I know you hear from God. Let me tell you how God moves on our behalf. See, he knows how to set things up. He knows how to connect you with people. See, we can't deny it. See, we scream phone calls and whole time. We wonder why we're screaming and shouting, pulling our hair out. Because we're screaming the calls that God is calling us on because we're calling upon him. But when he come in a way, due to us calling in a way that we didn't expect him to answer, we're going to miss what he's trying to say. So the first time this person called, I'm like, I don't know what this person going to say. They don't never call me. What are they going to say? Hey. So I text and I said to myself, I would never do that again. I'm not going to lie. I would never do that again. I felt bad. Because the person said, you know what? I didn't mean to you know, bother you. We were busy. So I, I didn't lie. But I bit the truth a little bit. And that also can never happen again. Never. Because we can't do that. And I'm going to be real about that. I didn't want to answer because I didn't know what the person was going to say. But guess what? That person called and answered what God used me to do. That's all they want to say. So I would never do that again. I would never tell you not to do what I do. I would not make my father's house out to be a mockery. And I am the bedell of God. A place where God lives. So are you. So what God is doing right now, he's showing us How to come up higher regarding decency and in order. So there are going to be some necessary changes that you and I are going to make. And we're going to be so glad that we do. Because we have more structure. Got to clean up some things. Throw away some things. Cut off some things. Hold on to some things. But let Holy Spirit tell you about those things. So the person told me about the miracles that I prophesied to them. Not just the pay increase, a double half an increase, and plus 25%, the person, family member came into the house of God, and they was just going to God about, didn't even share with their family. I want my child in the house of God. My child is just, you know, not coming. And their child showed up and surprised them. Like, oh my gosh, they're gonna miracle number one. This person said, I thought I was just, just gonna, you know, receive money. And the person said, The best gift, the best present, the best surprise, the best miracle that I could have ever gotten from God is my loved one coming in the house so they can receive what God has for them too. It's good to have money, but it's great to have grace because grace paves the way for everybody, not just me, in my life day to day. My family be saved and restored. Anything that was lost and stolen from me, come back. Anything that stood up against me is now for me. Any heart that was hardy begin to hearken towards me. Things that went from saying this about me, this about that, and this about that to a go cue, a go cue, a go cue, a go cue. Don't tell me he can't do it for you. It went from, I can't stand you. It went from, don't come near me. It went from, no, nobody, no, this, 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 to a go cue, a go cue, a go cue, a your breakthrough, a go cue. Don't play with God, just like he did for the Israelites. No, I won't let the people go. No, 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 no. So go and take all things with you. Go Israelites, go Israelites, go Israelites. Wait a second, what are we doing? We got to get them back. And there goes God mighty act. You understand? It felt so good to go from going through this to now going through this. Went from putting down to being a cheerleader. Everywhere I go. My instructor said to me, one instructor said to me, I never had a class like this. It's not about coming. It's not about paying. It's not about getting good grades. It's about being caught for such a time. When it comes to every priest, they have a king, and every king has a prophet, which we call a messenger. And a messenger, a messenger. (laughs) A messenger is a very passionate, sensitive person. Because you always hear and see and perceive what God is feeling, what God is seeing, what God is saying, whether it's good or it is bad. But when it comes to the bad things, it's like Father. And I thank God for the new covenant. Because we have the power to declare and decree over anything. I had over two thousand warnings just in three months, and I declared and I decree, and it's established under me. You understand? Yeah. I love how Amos, you know. Uh, Amos was prophesied about the fall of the descendants of Isaac and Amaziah he went and said something and then he wound up coming to Amos and saying don't come here with that he went to Jeroboam first And then he went to Amos and said, don't come here with that. Don't come to Judah with all that. Go back to Gilgab with all that mess. We don't want to hear about no warnings from from your God. We already have our own God. And yet they're from the northern kingdom. Mm -mm. Ten tribes. The southern kingdom too. Judah and Benjamin. And that's where David and Christ came from, that genealogy. What was so amazing is that Satan was trying to kill All the descendants by having Jezebel kill all her grandkids. So how can they produce any child to have the genealogy go down all the way to Christ? So what her daughter did and her husband did, They took care of somebody else's kid and crowned him as king at seven years old. And he was there when he was also eight, the youngest king of them all. The youngest king was not even blood related. Isn't that amazing? Just like Moses in the palace, not even blood related, but blood related. Come on, someone. It doesn't make sense how a tribe, a northern kingdom, reigned for 215 years with 10 tribes, 10 men, 10 kings. In the beginning of each tribe, and it was more kings than that. What's so amazing is that 215 years they went down the line as kings in a northern kingdom, and none of them served God but came from the tribe of Israel, which is Jacob. And the southern kingdom only had two tribes. And they lasted longer than those who were more than they were. (laughs) 468 years. 468 years. With only two tribes. The southern kingdom. The capital, Jerusalem, the northern kingdom, capital, Caesarea. And in the southern Jerusalem, they had nine excellent kings. That caused them to prosper 468 years. But yet they got 10 for the northern and they only stayed in there for 215. Because God would take something so small, which seems to be insignificant. God will make it the best amongst them all. And um, Amosia had nothing to tell Amos, get out of here. Go back to Gilgat. You tripping. We don't want the prophecies here. We don't want you as a prophet here. And Amos said, I'm not a prophet. (laughs) And that wasn't my father's job either. I'm a shepherd. <laughs> oh but he meant that. He meant that literally. He meant that professionally. He was a shepherd. Who lived in the town of Takoa. He's a shepherd. He meant that. Like i tend to sheep. I'll do that. But look at David. What was David doing? Attending to the what? Sheep. <laughs> oh God. Oh, God. And what did Christ say? (laughs) I am the shepherd, and my sheep knows my voice. Feed my sheep. And it goes, Amos, you can have the title of a prophet. I am a shepherd. I'm just receiving messages from God. I'm giving it to you. By the way, your wife's going to take up the job of a prostitute. And your son's going to die in battle. Oh, God. he beginning to give him a warning. <laughs> your land going to be split up into two. They're going to go to a four line. They're going to take over them. And everybody going to die. And walked off. God. <laughs> it's like, come on, come on. But you know what's so amazing? How all the prophets back then, when God said, that's it, I'm going to take them out. God said that amongst the Israelites... He said, I don't care about you guys going to Gilgal, Belsheba, or Damascus. No. I'm not going to spare you anymore. Too rebellious. You come to the temple, you give fellowship offerings, sacrifices. You come every three days with an offering and a sacrifice. I don't want it. You give me praise and you pray unto me. I don't want it. You come with me with bread as a peace offering, as a friendship offering, due to a fellowship offering. And then you show off the people how much bread you bring to me. You want to brag? I don't hear you. Now imagine God saying that. I don't hear you. No matter how much you pray, I don't hear you. Just like God used a prophet out of nowhere to prophesy to. Eli, before he even told Samuel the word. Your family's not going to live long. Because you let them do things that was ungodly, Eli. You let your sons tell you. Let them tell you what they're going to do. You let them sleep with women at the gate and take money from them. You had your sons to take the best of the meat, the fat of the meat, when it supposed to be sacrificed unto me. Who do you think you are? Eli did not get on your sons about that. And guess what? Samuel raised Eli. Excuse me. Eli raised Samuel. So he already saw his parenting skills. And God giving the first prophecy about his children and how they're going down the same day to Samuel and not Eli. He called them three times. And the fourth time, he said, go back and listen. So he went back the fourth time to listen. And I'm up now. And Eli sent them to hear. Did not even know. You're about to hear the words of a lifetime. God didn't even come to Samuel about Samuel. He came to Samuel about Eli and his son. Oh, you about to reap the warnings. Because of what you let your sons do. But guess what? Samuel did the same thing with his sons. <laughs> come on, come on. Now, Samuel, you allowing your sons to do the same thing Eli's sons done. Didn't I not give you the prophecy about Eli's sons? And you let your sons do the same thing? You spoiled your sons and let them sleep with women too? Break their covenant with me too? Come on, Samuel. Come on, Samuel. And guess what? Not just Samuel. Guess what? David did it too. Come on, come on, come on. David did it too. You let Abnon rape Tamar. You're the king. And you kept it quiet. Because your son waited two years and then he murdered his brother. Because David tried to hide what happened to his own daughter from his eldest boy? And they were looking for their own father. Come on, come on. Because back then, you had to go to a land if you commit a crime for you to be spared. So they tried to keep it on the hush. No one knew about what happened to Tamar. but those. Under David, which are his children, because she said something. Hallelujah. So it's like you could grow up in a home and hear the right way and see the wrong way. It's going to take you and I to keep what God wants. At the forefront of our mind, So that could be our reality. See. The reason why that cycle repeated itself that way. From great men. Great kings. And God still favored them. Still restored them. Is because. Samuel had at the forefront of his mind, I would never be like Eli. And guess what? Because that was at the forefront, that became your reality. Because you focus so much on not becoming that you're not even aware that you are walking in the exact steps. See, we are what we pay attention to. I would never be a deadbeat like my father, but because you're so fixated on not being like your dad, many of us go through all the things to prove that we can be so much better because we actually hurt by our dad or our mom. And then we have kids of our own, not even aware now we are sheltering them so we won't be, or we overdoing it because we don't want to ever, ever see like it was the way it was for us. So many of us shelter our children Shelter each other Because I don't want you to ever Go through what I've been to. So I'm going to keep you right here Under the wing. But the word says we under the shadow of The almighty wings So we don't need nobody to be under out We don't need nobody to dwell in us We dwell in God He is our refuge You know what's so amazing When when David was in Mount Gilead, and that was when Saul and them was very close. They were on top of him, and he could hear them over him. And they were that close on him. and all of a sudden, someone yelled out, "God!" He asked God, "Help me!" And God sent a man to say, "Hey, the Philistines are attacking you. They're attacking us." So Saul and them had to hurry and leave. And they were right there where David was. And guess what? If you read the songs and hear the prophecies and the chronicles, you can hear what the prophets are prophesying about. Just like David, when David say, I look upon the hills, which cometh my help. (laughs) <laughs> My help come from the Lord. He was talking about that day. He was in the mountain. He looking up. He sees saw them running over him. They don't even know he's right there under him. But he cried out to God. My help come from God. And God sent a man to prophesy to them. You better go because your land is in trouble. The Philistines are taking over your land. And they rush and they went. His help come from who? The Lord. David did something bad once, well, many times. Especially when he put a man on front line because he wanted his wife. But even before that, God still blessed him and gave him another child and named him Solomon. But the thing is, is that David tore Saul's garment. There's a special name for it in Hebrew. It's something that the priests wear with patches on it, but I, I don't, I'll get it later, but he tore it. That means it's time for you to die. That's a sign for it's time to die. And David repented. It's me. I could have killed you if I wanted to, but I spared you. That was the first time he could have killed Saul when he torn his garment. And he said, who am I to try to take the life of God's anointed one? And that's where it comes. My only desire is to dwell where? In the house of the Lord. A lot of David's songs were about Saul. And a lot of them was out of fear. Fear. And yet, to stir himself up, God smite those who out to smite me, kill my accusers, kill those who after me. He's talking about Saul, Abner, Joab, all those who watched them kill Goliath. They just following his orders. Got jealous. But all to said, God is putting things in order in your life, in my life. So listen to his instructions and follow it. There are some people that God going to just have them just not even want to call anymore because it's like there's no point. Someone just called with something about two weeks ago. We're in a new year. What are you talking about? Okay, God, this is what this means? That's it for this? Okay. It's just that simple. Receiving new, oh, God say thank you, Holy Spirit, back to her miracles. And guess what? She got a call from 104.1. A celebrity called her and said, I need you to be my executive producer. Tell your loved one to give me a call and left her number. Didn't I say that on a recording yesterday or day before yesterday? <laughs> that People know how to get in touch with you when God put your name, your face, in their vision, in their hand. And they gave her a call on her phone. Her phone ringing like, I don't know this. Where, where this place from? Now, has she been like, oh, this must be a bill collector, or oh, you know, I don't know, this must be a telemarketer. No, it wasn't. That's why I said don't don't scream no phone calls. I'm telling you, don't turn down anything that God sent your way because it's beneficial for your next step. It's a miracle. You are in the season, I'm in a season of miracles. And I mean miracles because this person said, you know what? A lot of things were said and done and you know, I went along with it, but I was going tug and war. But now I know that I know that I know that I know. You are a woman who hear from God. So, all that extra whatever, whatever is in the trash. It's in the trash. God knows what He's doing. I know many of us around the world right now are fasting. In different congregations. Let me tell you this. If you're going to keep focusing on what not to eat or you are hungry to eat or what should you eat, you're not even really fasting. A fast is, you know what, it's something I just choose to do and I'm going to leave it there with God and just gain from it. It's not me keep, you know, questioning it and keep talking about it and keep wondering what should I do regarding it. See, when we surrender something over, we don't pick it back up. Father, I give you this hunger. Why keep talking about me being hungry? Why me? Why do I keep talking to, see, to God if it's not heartfelt? It'd be best if you would not eat. Because the thing is, a sacrifice has to be holy and presentable. It has to be heartfelt. We can't do things that others do and our heart not. And it's good to, but the thing is, how many will be doing it for nothing? Because without the love, without the cheer, without the glee, it's for nothing. We're just dieting for many of us. Not even praying, not even seeking, not even reading, just giving up food. For what? What kind of changes are we really making? There are people right now who just walking in the streets, living a street life and deciding I'm going to do better with my life. But how much more should we know what to do? When we know about the good life, because we walking in the good life. You know, someone told me, you know, they just cut off all kinds of things, social media, everything, and to each his own. But for me, I need access to everything at all times because wherever people are, that's where I need to be. <laughs> I'm serious. There may be someone I'm not on there and they're like, oh, where's she at? I'm, hi, uh, you know, trust me, I get that a lot. But I cannot have people to have me to do what God don't have me to do because they want to hear, but you can hear from God too. Hallelujah. <laughs> How dare Amartya come at Amos like that? Go back to Gilgab. You don't belong in Judah. We don't need you prophesying over here about what God going to do to the descendants of Isaac. We don't believe in that. They're going to tell Jeroboam that? Really? Hmm. And Amos say, I'm not a... I'm not a prophet. That's not even what my father does. I'm a shepherd. <laughs> I only say what God's telling me to say to you. And by the way, your wife's gonna be a prostitute. Oh God! <laughs> he probably was like, "Ooh, ooh!" ooh. You ever had somebody going say something to you, and they look at you with a smile, and they just like, you know, trying to get under your skin? But he wasn't doing that. He was still prophesying. <laughs> And he probably was like, mm, face all red and everything. Just like, come on, man. God, that's the worst we can ever do. Somebody upset, we just laugh at them. Oh God, <laughs> take their madness for gladness. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. So this woman had a phone call from a celebrity. I need you to be my executive producer. Oh sure. My God. And all I kept thinking about is. Q, you said all, of, you said this one word, and I'm receiving all of this. Oh, that's not the half. There's more. I'm like, okay. Do you understand? There's more. There are a lot of children that are here now that God used me to speak a word into the mothers. Some was in the midst of trying. Some was in the midst of denying. One person God sent me to, hey, this is a word from God. Stop trying to cut it off. Stop deceiving your husband. He don't know you're on birth control. He thinks something wrong with him. Whole time, there's something going on with you. You don't want any kids right now. Because you want kids with, you know, your childhood friends with you. You want all y'all to have your kids grow up together. But that's not what God said for you. Because you've been married for a very long time. And you've been taking those pills way too long. And your husband been seeking God for a long time. Now imagine her face hearing the truth like that. From a stranger. You've been taking these pills for a long time. God says, stop taking them. It's time for you to conceive. It's been time. Next thing you know. There's a beautiful baby boy. Another sister. Well, I don't know because I just miscarried one. I I ain't trying no more. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that's coming right now. This one is a boy. I don't know. Um I I mean, someone look at you and be like, you know, I don't believe you. <laughs> but, but I was saying that. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Tell me something. That I do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But the truth of the matter is she didn't just have one. She had two. I prophesied two. Here comes another one. Last year, my cousin got married. They, Him and his girlfriend were dating quote unquote since they were teens but they had to cut it off because they know they're worth waiting for so they waited till they got older out of college and they met back up they met in ministry you know in the teens so at their wedding god showed me they're gonna have a girl soon go tell them i'm like i'm not gonna say something like that they wedding come on now (laughs) <laughs> now, whoever said that to God, I don't, I don't think I ever read Jeremiah, Obadiah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Obadiah, any <laughs> say to God, even King Hezekiah, I don't think no one said to God, you understand, I don't think none of them said to God, um, d- don't say that to me, Rohab, boom. you understand, Abijah, Ezra, Joseph, none of them said that. Zimri, Omri, Ahaziah, Ahaziah, no one said that to God. Shalom, Manasseh, no one said that. Pekeha, no one said that. Now, imagine joe excuse me, Joe-ash, <laughs> Joe-ash <laughs> saying that because there is a joe I don't want to give you the wrong name with the right meaning. Now, imagine that. Father, I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say nothing. Not like that. So, guess what? I had to be obedient. Oh, you guys going to have a girl soon. Oh, for real? Oh, wow. Okay. And the thing is, she was, you know, after their wedding, she conceived like five, six months after. And she wanted to keep it on the hush to everybody. I guess when she in the safe zone, some of them feel like when they're in the safe zone, they can just tell everybody. But, you know, you like, you look like you're about 18 months trying to hide something, but you understand? <laughs> you understand? Know it's like, okay, okay. I see what this is. But she was like, well, okay, I mean, if that's what God said, because I believe in you. That's what she said, because I believe in you. And guess what? They had a gender reveal party. Here goes God. Bring some girl stuff. Father, it's a gender reveal. <laughs> They're going to reveal what the gender is. And you tell me to go with the reveal, with the revelation. <laughs> go bring some pink stuff to this party. And I said, it's going to be pink, guys. I don't want to ruin the party, but it's going to be pink. And they're like, I know you. I know, Q. I know. I know. But can can we just, you know, hope that it may be? It could be blue. (laughs) And God just kept, every time he tell me to say something, I have to say it. You know? And uh, I see it, God. (laughs) I see it. And guess what, guys? (laughs) Soon as that balloon popped. (laughs) It was pink everywhere. They was like, and the first thing I did was look at me. <gasps> oh God. All the glory, all the honor belongs to God. Hallelujah. Now this, one I kept seeing and I still keep seeing in a vision is pink and blue. God keeps showing me that pattern For about three weeks now. And I'm seeing it right now. It's like I just can't escape. Pink and blue. Baby blue. Girly pink. Together. See sometimes we take each color and make a sign or give a word. But sometimes God can have it as a symbol. It could be two pictures in one. It could be two animals to give one meaning, and many of us try to give two meanings, but it could just mean one. See, one thing I don't do: if God don't give me the exact words, I'm just gonna call it for what He's showing me—pink and blue regarding whoever. I just I can't escape it. Everywhere I go, like when I'm in the car with my mother, my nephew—he, I—I'm getting hit in the back of the head. I'm like, what are you doing, boy? Stop being so silly! And all of a sudden, he got two balloons. <laughs> Pink and blue. I'm like, oh God, I'm trying to escape this. I go in the store. You guys want something? Yeah, okay. Um, everything they got was pink and blue. You guys want ice cream? Oh no, I don't want to eat that much ice cream. You know, this was like, like two weeks ago. I go in my room, I I keep all the um the gift boxes that I get to keep my things inside, to keep them neatly put away. And these gift. Wrapping beautiful bags, guess what? Pink and blue right in my face when I'm talking to you. I cannot escape pink and blue. And it always shows up at the same time, both together. So it could mean a lot of things unto God. It could mean unity, it could be masculine and feminine, it could mean a thousand things. It's not always boy, girl, but I cannot escape pink and blue. I see it everywhere I go. And don't mess with my head and come around with pink and blue. (laughs) Don't mess with me like that. (laughs) yeah. So just allow God to just release that miracle upon miracle unto you. Hallelujah. I'm about to shut down. I took a test. I aced it. 95%. 95%. I was like, no. That one I thought I got right. It wasn't five judgments. No, it was five visions. Ugh. That's right. Locus was one vision that God given Amos. The second one was fire. The third one was, you know, the wind. No, that was the second one, the wind of fire. The third one was, God, uh, Jesus, with the plumb line. I get it. The fourth one was, the fruit, ba- the fruit with the basket in it pretty much said, I'm about to destroy them right now. Today is the day. And the fourth one was telling them to have the towers, the pillars to crumble down and have them to fall on their heads because they're about to be destroyed right now. And those were the five visions, the main things that God has given. You understand, um, Amos But two out of those five, he said, Father, please don't do this. You know, don't do this. Spare them. And he said, I will. And the second time, God said, I will too, you know, not do this. But the third time, God says, I'm going to do it and no one's going to stop me. No words, no sacrifice, no praise, no giving thanks. I won't hear none of it. But it shows how faithful God is because God would say, I'm destroying this with fire. I'm destroying this with wind, with water, with rain. I'm destroying all of this. You know, you rebellious people, you rebellious people, it's just the cycles of discipline. You know, there are five cycles of discipline, Leviticus 26, you know. And two of the main important parts of Leviticus 26 is the day of atonement and the cycles of discipline. And they just kept going back and forth and back and forth with blessing and cursing. The mountain of blessing, the mountain of curses. One on the east, one on the west. They just kept going back and forth. And there goes God, just forgiving, saying, I will spare them. I will rebuild. And look at God with us today. And I said to myself, there's no way in fiery hell. I'm going to be all the way down thousands of years and do the same thing that they did in the new covenant. I can't, I won't, I won't, I won't. Let me tell you this, Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines, and you know, concubines is just, you know, handmaids, people that do extra things in the house, but you can still sleep with them, just like you understand how Abraham, you guys know that's how Sarah was with, um, what is Ishmael's mother name, uh, you know who it is, Jesus, mm. Her name is always at the tip of my tongue, and I don't even have it right now, but you know what I'm talking about. And I got to get it. Please excuse me. Thank you, God. Hey, God. And the reason why he had so many wives, it wasn't because he wanted to sleep with them, you know, nasty or any of that. Solomon did that because he thought he could make a peace treaty with all the women who serve false gods, Baal, bow, all kinds of false gods. He thought, I can convert all these women as my wife over to the God I serve. But because he chose flesh and things that appear to be natural over God's word, spiritual, you know, sometimes we think that it's good to do, but it's not a godly thing to do. And he thought it was good that he thought he could convert them, but... He was actually overtaken and converted into the way they were living. He started doing things that they had him to do because he was overtaken by too many who was unlike him. And he thought he can overpower them all. See, that is a a mystery of Solomon. He thought he can help. And he wasn't the only king who done that. Uh, I don't wanna get I ain't trying to go through all that with you guys. I know you find like you know, there was another king who did that. There were several kings who did that. uh I I would get it I would get it to you another time. But I know he's in the southern kingdom. Yeah. But um it's all good. He thought he could do the same thing too, but it didn't happen. He wound up getting overtaken as well. And it didn't happen. It's like people all the time, I'm going to go witness to this woman. You know, she want me to come to her house and pray. And then you wind up in her bed. See, you wind up dating your assignment. See, that's what Solomon did. He married his assignment. You have to know your assignment. You may be sent around someone to lift them up on a job. Someone you grew up with. I don't know why a lot of men think when they grow up with a woman that... You know, it's to be with, or women think, oh, it's to be with. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. Not every time. Majority of the time, in that case, it can destroy a very good friendship. A lot of them thought that they were doing the right thing, and it wasn't. You know, Saul thought he was doing, excuse me, Eli thought he was doing a good thing by, you know, giving his sons what they always wanted. But it caused them to make him look foolish because he was a man of God and they stopped, you know, acting in their priestly, you know, manner. They stopped being very rebellious to the point the people outside the gate was looking better than them and they were in office. Just like Samuel. Did the same thing Eli done. Being disrespectful and rude. And he said, no, 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 we're not going to do this. But he still allowed them to do it. Same thing happened to David. Tried to spoil his kids too. Give his kids what you know they always wanted. And his son thought he could have whatever he wanted. Played sick. Tried to have his sister come in there and tend to him. And all kinds of things went down that led to him defiling her. Spoiled his kid so much that he covered up what his son done. That was a crime. And he was a king. He was supposed to punish his son. Actually, he was supposed to be dead. But he spared his son by not having people to know. Because if the people knew that he spared his son. And as a king... Others have been under the knife or under a whip or under some type of execution due to what they have done. And yet you spared your son and he did the same thing. Oh, that's not going to happen. So he kept it quiet. And his son, the eldest son was like, I mean, excuse me, the eldest son, the one who did it. But the other son was like, I'm not having it. He waited two years because it took two years for the law to not be in effect. He was following the Moseanic law. So after the two years, that's when he killed them. You know, when we read about things like that, it's like, just allow God to release what he wants to do. And one thing out of many is structure because you don't want to miss your breakthrough. some may, Somebody may need a ride that's connected to your breakthrough or, you know, is a part of your breakthrough. And because the car is not clean, it's filthy, you say and I say things like, excuse this car, or don't want to give the person a ride because we're embarrassed by how way. Look inside the vehicle. That we could pass up a breakthrough. Same thing goes for our home. Just like Eliza, not Elijah. He met a woman outside when she was gathering sticks. But Eliza had a woman whose son died, and he went in. Now imagine she said, "No, I don't. No, I don't come near. You know it's not clean in here." Then what? Then what? What's so amazing is that out of the 10, one came back to give thanks. And because he given thanks, Christ said, you have been made whole. But he said to the other nine, you are healed. They were just healed from leprosy. But the one that came back, he was made whole all over mind, soul, and body. See the significance in that? Because he gave thanks. So just allow God to continue to prioritize your life. Take necessary things out and add the necessary things in. Because you are in a new chapter. And this chapter is burden, light, yoke easy for you, for me, your breath is too precious to spend it and waste it huffing and puffing because of anger, your time is too precious to waste it on someone who's just wasting theirs and you just doing what you need to do with yours, You're making a right and you have made a right decision, the best decision to want what God wants for you. And some just want to keep doing what they want to do, but want God's results and try to connect and attach themselves to you. And sometimes people just know what to say or they can come around and irk your nerves or just the sound or the mention of their name. It could just make your skin crawl, but you can't allow your fruit to become bitter fruit because there is bitter fruit and there is fruit fruit there is a godly fruit and a demonic fruit and Satan fruit is bitterness shame maliciousness anger doubt guilt lust every form of deception and God is every form of correction Merlin Hickey said in the school of Bethel if someone wanted to sum up the Bible. What would you say to them? What would you say to a person who's battling worldly anything? If they want just one summary. One sentence statement of the Bible. They want to understand it. The Bible is sin in reverse. That's what she said. The Bible is sin in reverse. It's not what you think is how you think. Because if I keep what I don't want, don't want to hear, don't want to see, don't want to say, don't want to do at the forefront of my mind, I'm going to keep going through a cycle of trying not to do because that may I have became, so I'm trying to stop doing it. But if I think about the opposite of that, What God wants, how God sees, how God hears, how God understands, I'm going to receive those results. It's not about, I know what to do. I know how to do what I know what to do. It's about having the heart to know that you're doing it unto the glory of God. I know to go to work. I know to go to church. I know how to go to church. I know what to do when I get there. But if my heart is not in why I'm there, if I'm not seeking to hear and receive and release while I'm there, being imparted to, then I'm just beating the air. Same goes for any other area of my life. If I just want to be a mother to know I feed my son, being used by God to clothe him, to help him, help him with homework and talk to him and do those things, but not really sitting and imparting to him, talking to him, getting to know him, laughing with him, doing those things that people don't normally do with their kids, especially as a teenager, then I'm missing and losing sight of what it is to actually raise him in the way he should go. It's not about just grabbing a football and playing with my son. It's about being childlike (laughs) and enjoying every moment. Go from saying, hold on, watch my face, to, "Uh uh-oh, touchdown, don't play with me. (laughs) It's about, you know, being broken. I used to be so big on image. I grew up off image a lot. We had to be so perfect. And so I I got this podcast and everything went wrong. (laughs) And that's how God broke me with a podcast. Because everything kept going wrong. I was like, "Man, God, darn. Notifications and, oh God. Everything that I'm saying, oh God. It caused me to cast the care down that God said cast down and pick up the care he said care for me with. God said, you did great on the test. I got one wrong. God said, because you Googled the answer. <laughs> you already had the answer. I wasn't thinking, God. I didn't know if I had it for sure. Don't underestimate your intelligence. Yes, God. You're the same God that was with them all that time. The same God with die Amos, David. <laughs> Adam, Eve—the same God who created heaven and the earth—is right here with me and with you. It's like Father, do you want a sandwich? <laughs> God, is... my God is my best friend. My God is my best friend. Mm -mm. that's why I was so nervous to get married I don't know how that's going to be I don't, I've never been with a man and i just been like who I am (laughs) it can only happen one time so I'm like I don't know, is he just going to stare at us while I'm talking to you what is he going to do, what is it going to be like (laughs) what is married life going to be like at home I'm talking about like doing a time of like really deep You know, secrecy with God.